Welcome back to The Nerd and the Noise. We haven't done an episode here in a while, and that's just because, one, uh, I haven't had time, two, I haven't had the equipment, and three, I've just been stupid lazy. But uh, now I have the equipment, and I found Drive again, and I've had the time to sit down and talk with a few of my friends. So everybody go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, well, I'm, top, I'm on the top. I'm on the top oh, yeah. here. Go down in Discord, yeah. yeah. Way. All right. So, well, obviously, I am Matthew Schultz, formerly known as DeCrispy, also known as White Lightning. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm not Amish, though. should probably preface that. They, ca they can't see, so you have to explain why you just said that. <laughs> okay. Well, my username on 95% of things is Confused Amish, or THE Confused Amish, shameless Twitch plug. Um, and the joke is an inside joke because back in high school, Seth and I decided, well, more so me, I was going to fix the speed of a broken laptop. So I was like, oh, I have this other laptop. I'll just simply Frankenstein monster this bad boy. And I'll put that, um, computer screen onto the, onto the new one. So I switch them over. They plug in fine, but the cable is not long enough. So me and my wisdom my 500 iq decided to cut a section of the cable to extend it on the other one and it and i just twisted the wires together like some sort of barbarian and i turned it on it didn't work so i plugged the the power into it and light the laptop on fire as oh seth and i panic to try to get it out and so i didn't have technology for a for a few weeks so my family was like oh you're you're amish now and then i got my then i got my computer back and all that and then i was like well i'm just a confused amish man i don't know what i'm doing i just <laughs> I had no technology that was the backstory behind yeah the name. That, that's the backstory so yeah um, the rest is history man i just kind of rolled with that to to be fair um i also warned you not to twist all the wires together beforehand yes but you know what i did anyway and you know i think we're all better for it you know We've learned yeah. a lot. We've come a long way. I've specifically come a long way because since then I have built several computers. And yeah, I was about to say you went from destroying a laptop to building your own PC. Yeah, there's no greater yeah, comeback that's story the than of that. Passage right there. Yeah, there's no greater yeah. comeback story than that. You got You got to start somewhere. You know, sometimes you know you gotta you gotta break a few eggs. But I'll tell you what, I'm laying some clean eggs now. You know what I mean, my guy? Okay. <laughs> and uh, next on the list, go ahead. It's you. Uh, well, I mean, everybody knows me. Wow, <laughs> Still introduce okay. yourself, Seth. Okay, all right. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Seth, and I've been doing the podcast uh, for a while. It used to be a radio show at Lander's XLR, but I've since turned it into a podcast. And uh, I'm just going to pass the, uh, the talking privileges on to Morgan. So, Morgan, here is the talking stick. Wow, Seth. Very cool. <laughs> my name's Morgan, also known as Calio, which is my last name, Morgan Calio. Yeah. And I am a semi-pro professional gamer. That's a lie. I like to pretend that I am, but I'm not. And I've been on the podcast for the last episode we did. I could talk forever, so I'm going to pass it off to Anthony because Zach will be back in a second. Hello, I'm Anthony, uh, or Vegpoot. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hit us with that with, with that veg poop backstory and veg poop plug for your Twitch? Yeah. Well, uh, there really isn't a backstory. Just uh, needed to 
make a name for Club Penguin back in elementary school. <laughs> so, uh, so Nathaniel Hagen was like, what about veg food? And then I ran with it. Follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash vegfoot. <laughs> I like that. That was the most, like, like not sad, but, like, unenthusiastic <laughs> plug I've ever heard. But that was, that was graceful. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah Clay, yeah. take it away. Okay. Uh, my name is Clayton, or Wolfster, as my screen name goes by. Uh, I've been on the podcast before. I helped Seth record it at my grandparents' house. Uh, yeah. What was that, last summer? And now yeah. I live in Asheville, and I have a full-time job. Um, adulting's not fun, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a broadcast media major. I like anything video and, like, visual stuff, content creation, all that kind of good stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Last but not least. My name is Zach. And that's all there is to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your name? Screen name? Um, my screen name is Stuff Pikachu. I've been that way since like freshman year of high school. What? You probably won't hear me talk much because I don't talk much. So what's what's the story behind your behind your username, by the way? I don't know. I was into Pokemon and ended up being stealthy, so I put the two together and was too lazy to change it after that. Okay. Well. Yeah, <laughs> that's really it. All right, so um, the topics we have today are Apex Legends, uh, a little bit of Legend of Zelda, and uh, we're going to talk about the most recent Nintendo Direct. Um, I wanted to kick things off by talking about Apex Legends. I have not really played Apex Legends. One, I don't have a gaming PC. I know it's available on Xbox, but I just, I'm not into the whole Battle Royale thing. But uh, I know you guys are, and I read an article the other day where Apex grew to 25 million people in a matter of like 10 days. So I wanted to ask you guys why you think it grew that much. And uh, what makes it maybe better than some of the other Battle Royale games out there? A uh, quick update. I pulled up a tab right before this by Forbes, by the way. Okay. And it says, Apex Legends just hit 25 million players in a week. How on earth is this happening is the title of the article here. So wow. it has further taken off. Yeah. So are we answering the question on how is this happening? I, yeah. That would be a good way to answer. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why twenty five million players in a week? All right. Well, I, I guess I can jump in on this one first. Um, usually, I don't usually play solo, but they added a feature that's a ping system, right? Which means if you don't have a mic, you can still communicate with your with your other squad mates and really efficiently. Like you don't have to drop anything. You don't have to hold down a button, go through a little radial tag something you just map it to your um mouse click or your what is it the scroll middle wheel mouse click? yeah yeah your scroll wheel click or middle mouse whatever kind of mouse you have and you can ping if there's an enemy there someone's been through here dead body whatever you can ping it and it is the most convenient system i have ever used in a battle royale no other ones really have mastered it i i don't think and it's um, not even for playing solo like it's really good playing as a team like if you go down and you're down and you know the guy that just down is right in front of you you can ping him and then now all of your teammates have a little red dot showing up above the enemy. Yeah. So convenient. Yeah, that, that little feature is super, super nice. Um, it is You don't have to quickly, you don't have to look up and say, oh, well, he's south, 
key southeast 330 or whatever that number is you just ping and you can just quickly look at it on your on your little compass up top where the ping is on your map it's the Mm -hmm. most convenient thing in the world and on top of that the mobility and the abilities really give you a more of an edge than like black ops i think black ops is probably the safest comparison yeah definitely. because um, they're they're both like they're both first person obviously but apex at least if you get shot you you get someone's shooting at you from you know from, from your six um you can have a chance to get out of it depending on what character you choose but like if in black ops if you get if you get shot if you get shot at your six you know there's not much you can do you know you behind can run. and then everyone's confused yeah <laughs> so it's just that little feature well with the abilities and everything it feels like overwatch to me you know it's like you have to pick characters and i can see once the competitive takes off where you're trying to counter characters because that really does exist the whole counters thing like if you've got bangalore right she can drop a smoke whenever she's in trouble and then yeah. you counter that by playing bloodhound and using his abilities that can tag people that are behind walls behind smokes so it's like there's a counter system there and i think that's going to be a big uh it's going to come into play more once the competitive kicks off and they even oh go ahead uh, uh, well, they they've even alluded to adding more more legends too. I mean, I guess they haven't really alluded. It's pretty blunt. It says more legends coming soon. Whenever you but you get them all unlocked. I want to say don't... it was two per month or something. Yeah. So or I can only admit, what it, I I think one a, one a month sounds more right to me than two. The thing but... that kind of sold Apex for me, and I I got, I bet I, this kind of agrees with a lot of people, is it was you know when it got announced, it's free to play. That's huge. Also, all the like loot boxes or not loot boxes, but like, I guess yeah, it's a loot box system. All those are cosmetic, and you can't get any duplicates. So like, it's another free to play game, but again, it's it's not like the Call of Duty series where you're constantly having to pay to get good stuff if or if you want to pay to get ranked up quickly. You know, like you actually feel like you're earning stuff at a reasonable rate in this game. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I the 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 dupl- the no duplicate. I've never understood why loot boxes have the duplicate option. It just seems like you're stealing money from us. Honestly, it's just a greedy corporate move. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, I've never liked it. So the fact that um, respawn thought thought that through, they're like, okay, well, um, and there's there's a lot of stuff you can get out of these out of these loot boxes too. Out of launch, um, to have this much out of launch is actually quite nice. Um, I'm gonna put something on the back burner for us to talk about in a minute, but um, it has to do with this a little bit. We'll wait. Um, so Call of Duty Black Ops Four just added loot boxes. Yeah, they literally and just I got wanna, added today. Let's, let's talk about that later. I didn't even know about that. To be honest, I haven't touched that game. We'll yeah, we'll get back to that, that later. I've made a note of it, but yeah, I think the free to play uh, aspect is a big thing. Also, it's available on every platform, mm-hmm. and they've hinted at crossplay coming, which is a big reason why Fortnite's so popular. There's um, no exclusive exclusivity i can't even no say exclusivity it. like with a for example black ops it's playstation 4 exclusive so it gets playstation 4 users get content before pc and xbox players it's not a month anymore it's only a week but still it's like frustrating to see everybody because that's like the big time right when it's hyped is when every streamer's playing that right so the big heist event that's happening in black ops 4 right now i don't care about it or like i'm watching it and i'm like okay that's cool and then by the time a week goes by me watching it i'm like I don't really care to play it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big killer, honestly, for games. I understand they're making a lot of money off of PlayStation for buying that right to have exclusivity, but still. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I look at it quite simply. If you kind of level the playing field and you have no bias towards one system, you're going to have a lot more loyal 
customers to the game because i mean I, i've shamelessly bought some i bought a few loot boxes with my with cash because um i enjoy the game so much and i don't usually buy loot boxes for games i don't i don't see, think of it as worth it but mm-hmm. apex is a game i can see myself playing for a long time so it almost feels like when you buy a loot box you're not wasting money you're investing in, in the game you're you're supporting the company as a whole mm-hmm. and having that for me, I'm very, I'm very picky about about games too. I'm very, very critical. I don't, I don't just fall in love too quickly. But a game like Apex, where I don't feel like my money is being burnt away by getting duplicates, I, I see a lot of potential in it. It's, it's, it's almost a, an investment, you know. Another thing that's kind of big for me is communication with the devs and the community. Uh, like for example, when Apex came out, it was a brand new start for a, and a chance for a dev team to have a good relationship with their community, to listen to what people want, listen to feedback and stuff like that. And then the more you sacrifice that and start abandoning the community that makes your game popular, not listening to your community, et cetera, that's when people start to disconnect from your game. And I would argue that's really, that's the big issue with Black Ops right now. For example, League Play is something that people have wanted in Black Ops since launch. And it's coming, the game came out October 12th of 2018, and it's finally coming in february almost five months later it took them five months to add something that the community's been begging for since day one and i just think things like that like that's a that's a thing that once it comes out i'm not going back to play it yeah you you missed your chance yeah they missed the chance for me to get into it competitively but piggybacking off of that like the game not being complete on day one they kept this game secret no one knew about it a couple streamers got to go play it like two days in advance and then it was like really secretive and elusive and no one really knew what was going on and then suddenly boom here comes the game and it's out not only is it out like that and then everyone's like i gotta see what's going on because i don't have any pre-made decisions on how i'm gonna like this game by watching gameplay for a month ahead of time you know yeah and then they jump in and it's the most complete i'm gonna call it a triple a title since it's made by the makers of titanfall but it's the most complete triple a title i've ever played off launch there are no major bugs that's what's sad about games nowadays is games aren't finished when they're launched they're rushed i i would much rather wait and this is the case that happened with the spire reignited trilogy the game was pushed back like almost five months because of uh because they didn't believe the game was done and i'd much rather a dev team do that push a game back and release a finished game than release a game that's not finished well, that's why you shouldn't release a release date for the game until you're ready. Like, the Call of Duty is just notorious for this happening. Like, anybody remember Infinite Warfare? God forbid. Yeah. They have, so much they, of that game was not finished. Like, four years in advance, they're given a day. And then halfway through the cycle, the whole COD community flips because they're bipolar as hell. And we don't want it that way, we want it this way. And then they have in two years to totally switch the game around and then they release it and it's just like a crap show like it's just awful yeah and then four months in they're like okay it's fixed are you guys still playing and then everyone's like no no (laughs) we've moved on to the next thing that we think is entertaining or fun yeah what what i find interesting a lot of dev teams tend to tend to do this and this isn't even true for games they do it for movies too um where they'll release a little sneak peek and I feel like those little five second, fifteen second sneak peeks are kill shots. I mean, when you when you do that and the sneak peek's really bad, you've all you've put a bad taste in everybody's mouth way before the game is released. 
So oh, right yeah. off the bat, you've already kind of screwed yourself over. Um, yeah. And this isn't even video game related, but <laughs> the live action Aladdin, that little sneak peek looks horrible. <sighs> it looks horrendous. And we're like it, the impossible movie. Yeah, the and sneak even peek if they have learned that, <laughs> even if it's a bad, like if the sneak peek's bad, I'm already not looking forward to seeing it because I yeah. the sneak peek put a bad taste in my mouth. And game developers tend to they like they like to ha- have to get those those headlines. They have to get that publicity, but it I'd rather them stay secretive with it. You know, shock us. Like here's another example. I know, and a lot of you guys probably don't play this, but. I was really into the Roller Coaster Tycoon series when I was a kid. And when they announced they were bringing it back by bringing Roller Coaster Tycoon World, oh my God, I was so excited. And for Atari, when it first got demoed, it got released for like, I think it was beta. The game was awful, like absolutely terrible. It was buggy. It just, it looked horrible for like, I think it was like, what year was it? Like 2016 or something like that when it came, when they released the beta. For a 2016 game, it looked horrible and it, again it was just rushing to try to fill the hype and they they rush and put some crap out yeah it's it's just so frustrating well and sometimes it's not even the developers right sometimes it's the publishing studios rushing the developers oh definitely that's the case with call of duty i know it's not treyarch that wants to rush a game out it's no. activision yeah well, and what was it? Was it Activision? No, it wasn't Activision. That uh, it was EA that was voted like, or was it Activision? One no, of those EA. One EA. Of, yeah, one of those two was voted the the worst uh, company to work for, like two years running. It's, no, it's not even that. It was just most like unsat or like worst company in America with like its consumers, and it was EA, and it was voted over Comcast, who is like an internet provider. It's pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> like that says a lot right there man i'm gonna get my resume ready boys good lord now, let me <laughs> let me tell you something though when i saw that this game was titan titanfall i don't remember if you guys even remember that announcement when they said titanfall scrapped their game and is making a br but i would have loved to be in that drafting room when somebody suggested that because that was probably a shit show but when i heard it was an ea br i was like oh here we go gotta pay 20 bucks per character and then there's loot boxes but there's duplicates and they're five dollars or four hours to earn and you know that's what i was thinking and then i started playing and i was like oh okay well they're earned at a decently slow rate but not slow enough to make you angry right and well the thing about that is is um the people that were behind this game the same people that were behind titanfall one of their spokespeople came out and said listen we know the bad press that has been going on around EA, and they essentially were like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, those weren't the words they used, but they were essentially like, yeah, you're not wrong. It took some convincing. Uh, When they went to go and pitch this to EA, uh, the guy said that they just said, listen, you're just going to have to trust us. Smart. And that's just what needs to happen with more developers. They need to they need to give a little pushback because I guarantee you EA is going to be swimming in a bunch of money soon. Oh, yeah, they already are. I guarantee it. I mean, yeah, they already are. But like just just from Apex. Yeah. To kind of to piggyback off that. I don't know if this is one of your topics, but uh, that brings up a very good discussion. Uh, Going back to Activision, Activision had one of its most profitable years ever last year. And what did they do? <laughs> they laid off, like, I think it was, like, 700, 800 employees. Like, 
Yeah. I don't understand. Well, like when it, when it just the comes people, across so greedy. When the people in the boardroom see the money coming in, right? They're like, "Oh, good. I bet we could be leaner. I bet we could yeah. make more." And yeah. then they just like you just can never you can never reach the peak, you know. You just keep going and keep going and keep going until your company goes under. Yeah, corporate America is greedy, um, and I would I would agree with that. But the problem with them saying like we can be leaner is the way those companies operate. Game developers, a lot of the AAA ones, go through this period called crunch time. It'll be like the last. Sometimes they're under crunch time the entire development cycle, but uh, some of them within the last like. I'd say 25% of the game, they're under this thing called crunch time where they're doing mandatory overtime on the game development. Uh, they're working weekends. Uh, they're not getting enough time at home with their kids. Some of them will even sleep at the office and get stuff done. The game development scene is a very, like, it's just cutthroat. And with them saying, oh, I bet we can be leaner and then firing 800-something employees, that's just going to make the period for crunch time even longer for the exactly. for the developers well it, you know you know and to to kind of jump off that point a little bit here's the, the beauty of you, capitalism you guys said is greedy but there's also a beauty to that as well when they get greedy like that the fans the loyal customers they see it and they're not going to want to support you as much so you're going to end up hurting it forces other companies to get competitive too which is why i was ha i was so happy when apex came out because the big VR game at the time is, was Fortnite. And I would argue Fortnite is still very big. But they were not listening to their fans. There was a lot of things in that game that were broken and that needed fix. And they did not fix it. But literally a week after Apex came out, everything that had been complained about for months got fixed. Yep. It's Apex competition. Is it encourages the devs to actually get their acting gear and fix stuff that the community wants. Iron you know? sharpens yeah. iron. Yeah, and if you start Literally pushing on does. someone's wallet, that's that's where it hurts them the most. As soon as they start seeing drops, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. So let's go check out Reddit real quick. Speaking <laughs> of oh, Fortnite, yeah, no uh, that brings up another thing that I keep, like, that makes me so hopeful for this game. Does anybody remember watching, like, week one footage of Fortnite? It was an absolute mm, I joined, absolute shit show I joined uh, season two. That's when I started playing. Okay, I played well, season one. Yeah, there you go. Okay. You remember it at all? Do you remember what it was like? Yeah, a little bit. Peter would be the best person for this. He loved it. Oh, yeah. So here's, let me give you a little sneak peek because I watched a video of Ninja's first Fortnite game. And uh, I know that's like cringy, but bear with <laughs> God forbid you watch Ninja. But uh, so he built only ramps, one ramp in order to look over the top of it and shoot people. But he spent most of the time on the ground, gun to gun battles, no building. Yeah. Now go back to the game. Now you shoot somebody, they turn into a ten-story building, and there's all these building techniques that people go and practice and perfect. And it's like, how are your '90s, Morgan? Oh, my '90s are awful because I haven't played Fortnite in months. Because fuck that game. <laughs> Amen. But, but you know what I mean? It's like that's where that game, like Fortnite's decently simple. If you uh, and like with the building being the one special thing, you know, think about how a game with multiple heroes and more heroes coming is going to change as we go. Like we've already seen people throwing down caustics trap to block doors. Mm -hmm. um, people are learning that you can use mirages uh, decoys as you're flying in to scare people away from your drop spot. You know, like what else are we going to figure out that you can do? Like, right now there's a jump thing with a, a 
Pathfinder, where you can hook a wall. If you jump at the right time, you go flying. You can go really far. You know, it's like, what's going to come up next? Go ahead. I was going to say that, that and a perfect example is that is like, is like as much as the Fortnite devs have kind of ignored the community, the one thing I appreciate that they listened to on was like the topics of like rocket riding and stuff like that. If you didn't know, in Fortnite, you can your character model can jump and land on a rocket or other throwable items in the game and ride on it. Like your character will stand on it, and it's pretty clear that wasn't intended to be in the game. It I don't I don't I don't even call it a bug, but you know it's not intended. But the devs left it in. They haven't like taken that out. That's hilarious. It's, it's fun stuff like that when the devs intentionally leave like things like that, like bugs and funny stuff. Like the community appreciates that. Well, you know? uh, to to sort of add to that though, I think it has to fit in with the game's overall like feel and uh, just. You know, Fortnite, it's it's sort of drawn in this cartoony-esque style. So, like, riding on rockets, like, it fits that. Like, that okay, that definitely fits in with that game. But if you, like, say they, they added a rocket launcher to PUBG, which they might have by now. I don't know. I haven't played PUBG in a really long time. But if yeah, you were if you were riding a giant rocket in PUBG, it would not look at all like feasible for that game environment. Okay, on that topic, then let's. Here's another good a question for discussion. If you're a game developer, that's let's say you're Fortnite's game developers. Do you aim to please the overall community as a whole, or do you can like the average player? Do you aim to please the average player, or do you listen to the professionals, the pros of the game? Of what uh, needs to be fixed. I, I got some. I got some insight on that. Never listen to the to the casuals because they don't know the game. They just know what they. They just know a little part of the game. I would disagree. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate with Seth here. I go ahead. He, all right, I'll explain my piece. I like that we disagree on this, right? I feel like you are actually doing a disservice to the casuals by doing that because now instead of pushing the casuals to be better. You're dragging the game back to make it more. You're basically you're dumbing it down. You know, mm. you know you, you got you got to make things simple but not simpler. Okay. Um, so okay, I feel real like quick, real, well, okay. I was gonna say Seth and Morgan, you give your point or your input on that, and then I'll give you guys an example. Okay. And then we'll go from there. Uh, all right. Okay. Wait. Let me let me let, let me finish my point real quick. Okay. Um, go before, for it. Before you move on. So when you when you pull it back like that, it's it's almost like hand holding. You know. You're not you're you're not making the community better. You're not pushing them. I mean, sure, you may be catering to the professionals, but how many professionals are there? Not many, right? Um, and I know you can look at it as a battle of numbers. You can look at it however you want, but I feel like if you dumb the game down so much, you're gonna lose the game because now you're just you're you're one you're irritating the professionals who are promoting the game, and you're making it if you make it too easy for the casual man, right? Then then this it's a slippery slope because then the casual man becomes the elite and then you got to keep then you got to help out the the new the new casual and it's just a downhill constant slope on it and a lot of the times the casuals don't know what they want because they don't play the game enough like how many times have you seen an update go through like this is great and then later down the line you realize okay this update maybe is not as good as we thought it was yeah uh, okay. That's just that, that's kind of that's kind of my soapbox. I'll let I'll let you guys try to Seth, okay okay take on that. I will take I will take your argument and raise you a Super Smash Brothers series. Super Smash Brothers is probably one of the most simplistic fighter games out there, and in my opinion, it is the most fun to play. 
Okay. Yes, I'm they. At it. <laughs> yes, they make it more accessible to the casual player. But if you're good, you will figure out, and you will go in practice mode, and you will figure out what, uh, how long a certain character's invincibility frames last after they land on an edge or edge grab. You can go in there and you can figure out all these technical little uh, maneuvers. Like uh, Young Link has a has a zare where you jump in the air and you use his chain. And because you jumped in the air, it'll shoot out, but it won't grab onto somebody. Instead, what you do is is the chain uh, extends out over their head, and then when it lands on that person's head, it hurts them. And uh, you can use that to get in and then combo. It Just because you make something more accessible to the casual people doesn't mean you can't also have a high ceiling for skilled players to get to. Well, wait, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. I think you've bent what I said a little bit, Seth. So here's, here, here's the difference, though. Super Smash Brothers started off the way it is. That's how the game is, right? But if they you take a game that anything. already has a skill gap and they, bring the, and they lessen the skill gap, that's where the issue is. You know, like if they were to say, oh, well, this landing issue is a problem, and they, and they patch it. Because the people who learned it, who skilled it, who it, mastered it, are going to get mad. So, so that's, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. So take, for example, in Fortnite. Fortnite, there's clearly a skill gap in terms of building. If you know how to build, I would argue you're at a pretty good advantage over people who don't know how to build. And so Fortnite has made multiple changes to let to like either lessen building, like weaken you know walls, make guns more effective against walls. They've added the boom box that tears down walls quicker and stuff like that. It's in my argument against you, Seth, would be is that's like taking, let's say I'm a pro, I'm not a pro in Smash, but I take the time to learn all the things in Smash, like like that ma- maneuver you were talking about with uh, Young Link, mm-hmm. and then Nintendo comes out and we're like, oh well, since you people who started to learn that have gotten a lot better than people who haven't, we're gonna just lessen the skill gap and make that move not as powerful or make it so like you can only, let's say it's I don't, this is a dumb example, let's make it say it's a gun. And we're going to reduce the fire rate or something like that to lessen the skill gap after you've taken the time to learn it and get better. How would you respond to that? Um, well, I think it may be different in the case of Smash than with Fortnite because Smash is a fighting game and you're supposed to have sort of a balancing uh a, a sort of balancing ecosystem in a fighting game you're supposed to be able to counter uh other people's maneuvers and if if a specific move is too powerful then they they i think they should have a right to lessen the effects of that maneuver for instance um right now piranha plant if you use his poison cloud and you rush up and grab your opponent and you hold them there in that poison cloud, it can do 50% damage just in a matter of seconds, um, which yeah. is, which is insane. Um, that's way too powerful. They need to, they need to balance that out. And people do get upset when, when their when their mains get, get nerfed, but it's all for the sake of balancing balancing's um, different than um 
lessening the skill gap. Lessening the skill gap. I, I'm all. I'm not. I'm not like anti-balancing stuff. You know, I don't want to have some god-tier gun in a game or anything. Exactly. But when you, but when you add, when you add variables to a game, or you take away variables that people have mastered, something that can be learned, not yeah. like something that's overpowered, but something that can be learned, and it's a skill, something you get better at. All right, give me a shot at this, Morgan. All, all right. yours. I had a couple points. Bear with me. I wrote these all down, so I'm gonna. <laughs> Run she came prepared, right. man. I respect that. I respect it, All yeah. Right. Yeah. So, as a casual Fortnite player, because that's what we were going to talk about, right? Yeah. Most fun I've recently had on that game is with the one thing that every pro wants to get rid of, planes. Zach and Clay can attest to that. We've had a lot of fun on those fucking planes. <laughs> Doing but dumb would... shit, you know? It's like fun, right? At so, the same time, I would say they piss me off, though, when they I get are killed. They are maddening, but they're fun to use. Yeah, and like that's the most fun I've had, and that's the last thing that kept me on that game. So planes are like a big thing that competitive players hate, but that all the casuals kind of have fun with. Okay, and that's the reason why. But also, you got to remember that this is not a perfect world. They are not here to make this a competitive masterpiece. They're a business. Yeah, they gotta cater to the general population and make money because they're a business. Yeah. Um. But like all these people, the general population, they're watching Ninja and Myth and Tifu, right? And they want to be like Tifu, they want to play like Tifu, but they never will. So when they get frustrated because they're not getting 25 kill games, their fallback is going to be the fun of the dumb, stupid additions to the game. But here's the thing. You can always ban things in a competitive atmosphere, but you can't always add them on a whim. So if they were really wanting to cater to both, they ban it on a competitive level when they're doing these tournaments, but they keep it into the general game. They make a competitive playlist that doesn't have those items, that those items are banned, but they keep it in the normal game. Makes sense, but they don't do that. Why don't they do that? It's because this game, Fortnite is known for its constantly changing atmosphere right the map constantly changes the guns change the different ways to move around the map whether it's planes rifts like what else have they used recently zip lines mm. you know that all changes so here's the thing adding these stupid competitive things actually makes it competitive because if you refuse to adapt and try to use those things to your advantage in this month's tournament because it won't be in next month's tournament only in this month's tournament if you refuse yeah. to adapt and change then you lose so it makes it you have to constantly be finding new ways to play the game in order to win these tournaments for example you look at cod pros right think about cod pros five ten years ago before all this jetpacking and bullcrap came out a lot of them have fallen off the earth you don't even know what they're doing anymore like killa you know what killa's doing anymore i don't you know why? Because he refused to adapt to those games, and now he is irrelevant, and he, he is not in the spotlight anymore. But these young players that have said, oh, whatever, whatever COD throws at me, I'll practice it and I'll get good with it. They're the ones in the spotlight. So in a way, I think all these dumb things that are uncompetitive and catering to the general population are actually making the game more competitive in the way that Fortnite is always changing. Yeah. So that's my spiel. I, I look at I look at things from a longevity standpoint. This is kind of I guess it's more of a soapbox at this point. But um, I I guess the long day. There's really no right way 
you know, you do have to kind of balance comp and casual, you know, and however people do that, but however companies do it, they do it. I think Epic has done it a decent job at it. But at the end of the day, if you, your, your best promote, your best pro people who are going to promote the game are your competitive players though. They're your number one promotions. I mean, how many times have you seen a competitive person just kick, just kill it on, on, on a, whatever, whatever game it is. And you're like, man, I want to play that game now because you see how well they, how well they're playing. You want to be like that. If you, this is where the balancing act kind of comes into play. Well, if you keep irritating the com the competitive atmosphere, I guess Overwatch is a little guilty of this. Blizzard, I think they're a little guilty where they irritated so many competitive players, people who played this religiously competitively, that you've almost wiped them off the map. And now, I mean, now the game's struggling. I think if you keep bending to it now, if you bend, if you solely bend to a casual player. You're not gonna. It's just gonna be a fun game, and it'll have the the normal game lifespan that all games have. Now, there's only one game I know that's never bent to the whims of casual players and is super popular. Does anybody know what game I'm thinking of? Are you thinking of CS? Mm, no. I'm thinking of CS:GO, and yeah. you know why yes. that is? It's because it's a very basic game. There's one game type, gun battles only, and it has been around since 2000, I think, like 2006 or something. And it's still, I mean, it's not as relevant as it used to be. Every every game has a has a life has a has a lifeline, you know. Um, CS will die at some point. Oh, um, they still got millionaires playing the game, so it's like. But like that—that's my point. Because you, because you're you're helping, you're catering to these professionals a little more than you cater to the casuals. I I just on just looking at a general group of just a general group of games, not just one game in particular, but just games in general. If you do that, you you almost prolong your you pro for in for the most part you prolong the game's life. You know, Fortnite because it has still catered to professionals, but it also caters to casuals. It has a solid. I'd say it has a solid balance. You know, like the planes. It didn't break the game. It just made it just forced change, and change is painful. It's that's just the way change is, right? See, I just so don't. You're always going to irritate. You're always going to irritate somebody. You know, there's no, there's no god tier fix. You can't just put this in the game and everyone's happy with it. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna get someone mad along the, the thing, line. The thing with Fortnite is there's not actually that many professionals, quote unquote. Most of them are just like Ninja Tifu and, uh, who am I thinking of? I'm having a brain fart. Myth. Myth. That they're streamers. I don't care how much, how many tournaments they play and win. They're streamers. That's how they make their money and. They're not watching them just to watch them play super competitively. Because I don't know if you've ever sit down and watch competitive Fortnite players stream. But it's not fun to watch. Because yeah. it's like hyper comms, like super picky. They wait until the last circle. And there's still 30 alive. And it's just like boring. Ninja and them, when they play, they're on the planes. They're rocket riding. They're doing stupid crap and still winning. And that's where Fortnite gains its popularity. Not the... Not the competitive players i i guess it kind of depends on your definition of professional <laughs> well i'm saying I, professional i'm saying they compete like, for a living ninja okay. doesn't compete for a living he so like, streams for yeah he entertains i don't think anyone competes at fortnite for a living it's no there's in, a, in there's my opinion it's not like a competitive game at its core something no. like overwatch or csgo would be a competitive game at their core well, that's because it's more of a competitive atmosphere than Fortnite is, you know? Battle Royales, 
I don't think will ever really be competitive. Um, I would like to see one. Like, I would like to see Apex. I think Apex has a shot. It's the only one I can actually it's see where you have watching a, the you... competitive games are going to be like the same as watching like a Fortnite or a you know that that's PUBG. They just hide out and camp and just you know hope to be last one standing. Now it's that's not if it's fun win to watch. Based. If it's kill based, it's different. Yeah, I was getting ready to jump in on that. It depends on how on what the parameters are for the battle royale. Like, I would love to see ape. I would like them to do kind of what um a lot. So I guess Fortnite they did this at one point. I want to say it was like two seasons ago, where it was it went by a point system. Like kills are worth this many points, a win's worth this many points, right? And I think it should be one per kill, five for a win. That way, if you get a twenty kill game, you if you get twenty kills and die second place. You're still gonna do better than the guy that wins. Yeah, that yeah way exactly. Exactly. That's and that's kind of how I I would like to see Apex set it set it up, you know. And because Apex is solely team based, there's no solo, which might be an interesting thing. But I don't, I almost don't think they should do that. I I, I think they should stick with what their what their core is. Honestly, you know, everyone's like, I want a solo mode. I want a duo mode. I just say roll with with what's working for them. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I wanna I'm gonna make an important announcement. I will be going pro in Kirby Battle Royale. <laughs> yes. I posted a picture in the Discord for y'all to see. All right. I think I think I'm gonna go pro in um, Tetris 99. <laughs> will I still understand it if I haven't seen the other 98? Oh my gosh! Please stop. Best tweet of the year. <laughs> Dude, imagine. Imagine being a Tetris 99 streamer. <laughs> wow. I might get some viewers this time. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> All right. Uh... Wait, well, I want to I wanna kind of, before we jump off this Apex Legends, I, I don't want to praise it because I think we still have to give it criticism where criticisms do. The netcode. Yeah, the net basically. Code in Apex is awful. And their, their servers are bad. If I get to eight kills last team and I freaking my game crashes again, uh-huh. I'm gonna punch a hole in my screen. Yeah, well, Morgan, I thought... Mor- go ahead. Morgan, Zach, and I. Morgan, Zach, and I. We were we played Apex last night. We were we were we were gonna go to bed at like ten o'clock, but we, we but we won a game. We're like, oh, we gotta keep it up. Then we won another game right afterwards. Like, ah, okay, now we gotta do it again. One more game. We won that third game in a row. <laughs> We're like, oh, guys, we got to stop. And then we basically just, we were all so tired. I don't think that what, the fourth game, our hearts didn't feel like they were in it. I know mine certainly wasn't. I was tired. Oh, no, none of us were. Exactly. I was just going, you know. Like, I was just going. basically. was like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I was just going nuts to butts. Like, I'm sitting here running up with a Mozambique. Like, let's do this. Let's kamikaze <laughs> them with it and see what kind of magic I can I can muster up out here. But again, the servers are a huge issue. There was one game where... Um, Morgan, it was the last team. Morgan had eight kills, and then her game crashed. I watched a video by a YouTuber named Battle Nonsense. He's an, an like a internet netcode analysis guy, so he like takes games and analyzes their servers and all that kind of stuff. And after he analyzed Apex Legends, it had some of the worst like network performance of any video game out right now. Um, he was talking about like it's literally a whole 200 milliseconds before you even uh, realize you get shot from when a person actually shot just because the net code is just so bad. I do think though their that curse is because of their blessing. I don't think they were anticipating this tap this becoming a phenomenon because that's that's basically what this is. The game's a phenomenon, you know, yeah. it's a huge thing, and. Their servers are just, I just don't think they have the capacity right now. I think they're bogged up. 
They have 25 million players. I'd be bogged up. They Jeez. got it. They got 25 in a week. I mean, come on. That is so what many players. What are you going to do, you know? And the fact that they crashed once during launch week blows me away. Think yeah. about COD launches for the past four years. It's down. You can't get in. You can't play it. Absolutely unplayable. It takes 30 minutes to get in the game, and then it'll crash an hour later. You got to try again, you know? And it's like yeah. they made it a whole week with 10 million players. And even the fact that, that the servers are i mean they're not bad i mean they're it's playable it's very playable the fact that it's still playable it's very easy to forgive this it really is because it's a good game i can overlook it for now i mean if they don't if they don't jump on it which i would i imagine they they're they're on that fire right now i would they would have to be i can't imagine they were just ignoring it at this point i'm giving it an eight out of ten purely for the fact that i go to work and i sit there and i'm like i wish i was playing apex and then i play until 10 p.m and i'm like God, I hate that I have to go to work in the morning because I wish I was playing Apex. I was so tired at work because what, what, what time are you getting off? Like eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Yeah, because I was I woke I had I had I'm to still be up. Hyped at, up. Yeah, I'm sit, I was girls at work. I'm tired. I'm sitting there. I got nothing going on. I'll pull up. I'll pull up someone's stream in it, or I'll oh, watch no. it, or I'll watch a YouTube video on just like tips and tricks and stuff like that. Which I've never been been that way for games, at all. You know, I just tend to figure it out, but. A game like this, I, I feel ob- I feel almost obligated to, you know. I wanna I wanna discipline some children out there. You gotta you gotta let them know who's boss. Oh, I don't know if we can say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so All right, you can, I think you can you can you can bleep that out if you want, or you can leave it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm nah, just gonna I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it. Yes, my man. I open up. I'm going to make the executive decision that we move on and we're going to be here all night. Yeah. Literally, though. Okay. All right, so before before, before we move on, I want to add a one potential topic as just like an extra little bit. We could talk about Anthem and its failure. That's a pretty big Anthem? one. Anthem is a better question. It's not even out yet. You can't, you can't rat on a game that's not even been technically full release yet. I, 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 there's some parts of the game you can. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess you're talking about the server issues. And the loading screens, dude. Okay. The loading screens. All right. Good freaking lord. Okay. All right. Wait, no, no. Ignore it. Ignore it. That's going to be topic four. <laughs> topic four, boys. We got to stay on schedule. Okay? Okay. All right. So then we're, we're moving on to Legend of Zelda then. Okay. So I was reading an article, and it turns out back in August, Breath of the Wild actually got a confirmed timeline placement. So a long time ago, there was this video where they asked a new... Uh, Agio Anuma, I believe, is the the director. Not director, but he is overseeing all of the Legend of Zelda projects. Uh, he started overseeing all of the Legend of Zelda uh, projects after um, they took it out of the hands of Miyamoto, because you know Miyamoto was on like the first few Legend of Zelda projects. A lot of Nintendo characters were concepted by Miyamoto, and now they've been given their own. Uh, they've been handed off to other people. But in a video, they asked him whether it took place before or after Ocarina of Time, because, you know, that's where the timeline splits. And he said, after. And a lot of people were like, well, okay, that doesn't exactly explain where in the timeline it fits in, though, because, like, there are three lines after Ocarina of Time, depending on which timeline you follow. There's a timeline where Link died in the final battle against Ganon, there's a timeline where the whole events of Ocarina of Time were prevented because Link and Princess Zelda convinced uh, the, the king that 
you know, Ganon was up to this evil plot. And then there is the timeline after uh, you defeat him as an adult. So they were wondering which timeline Breath of the Wild fits into. And it turns out it's at the end of the timeline, but they haven't exactly placed it in any of those three yet. Uh, so what goes on is they will make a game and they'll say, okay, well, based on some of the stuff that's going on in this game, it makes sense for it to fit in right here on the timeline. They made Breath of the Wild and realized it didn't exactly fit anywhere yet, which means it's it's at the end of the timeline, but it, there's got to be a prequel that somehow ties it to one of the three timelines or somehow converges all the timelines and brings them back together again because there's a lot of content in Breath of the Wild that sort of indicates it could be from any one of the three timelines, which makes a lot of people think it will converge all three timelines and it'll be a single timeline again. And I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit, but the real reason I wanted to bring up Legend of Zelda is because I wanted to see which of you have played like certain games in the series and what your favorite game is. So I'd like to start off with Morgan because we... Because my opinion matters more. Ha, okay. Nice yeah! to be here. <laughs> uh -huh. um, well, no, just because I, I know which one is your favorite and I have an opinion on that game, so... Okay. So I, I'm going to give you a little background on my Zelda experience just so you know that I'm not bullshitting. I originally played Ocarina of Time with my dad and my brother and my mom we all worked together and it was awesome we had so much fun and then i went back and played it over and over since then and i love it it's challenging it's i'm gonna say transformative a lot of people are gonna argue with that but for the time that it came out it's pretty crazy what they pulled off as far as a almost like it's basically a free roaming game it released in 1998 that's nuts. Yeah. It's amazing. That being said, I've played also some DS versions. I've played Game Boy, Zeldas, and um, um, Majora's Mask, and I've watched a lot of Wonder Waker, but I never owned a Wii U, so I couldn't play it. So, In Breath of the Wild. That being said, Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game. Okay. Thus far. Because it's not linear, it's very open. I know a lot of Zelda games tend to be kind of open, but it's the most unlinear. Like, if you wanted to, you could run with a stick, get your glider, glide into Ganon, and beat his ass with a stick. If you wanted to. Not but a single also, not a single stick, though, because that would break you know him. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you had a whole inventory full of sticks, or like a bookshelf to throw at him, you could you could beat him. Yeah. You're gonna smack Ganon with, with, with your disco stick? Hey. <laughs> But on top of that, it's like, okay, do I want this game to take five hours to beat or 50 hours to beat? I don't know. That's up to you, bud. You, okay, I start doing every single temple, every single little hidden uh, seed, every little side mission, everything like that. Oh, you know, I'm getting bored. Let me just go fight Ganon real quick and get it over with. You can do that. doesn't matter. You can do whatever the hell you want in that game. And I love that. And it had different clothes that you can wear and like all the stuff you get from nintendo like uh if you had their uh dlc basically 
and it was just lovely and it was adorable and the mechanics were simple but complex at the same time and it was beautiful and it was on the switch so i could take it anywhere and it made me feel nostalgic because that's how your game boy or ds is so breath of the wild is my favorite followed by a cranny of time wind waker and then link's awakening original on the game boy okay i can jump in next on okay this one. I have a very unpopular opinion in this in this department. Okay. Um, one, growing up, I did not like Ocarina of Time at all, as a matter of fact. And I feel like because I played the original Zelda, the original, the OG, mm-hmm. the Legend of Zelda, the original one, I um I did not like the 3D. Um, how do I put it? The the whole three dimensional world of it. It took me out of it because I can't tell you how many times I'd be locked onto someone. And hop to the left and just jump off off an edge all the time. That really, <laughs> that really irritated me. I, I felt like I was disconnected from the environment more in that in that regard. And it may and it it's still for it's still if you play in the game just normally it's it is a little linear as far as if you just go straight through. You know, there's a one path you got to take. Now you can skip paths, but there's a there's it's an ultimate. And I'm also a big fan of open world. That's why I, I like Breath of the Wild better than Ocarina of Time. But oddly enough, I'd say my favorite one is Wind Waker, 100%. Okay. I, I I love the sailing mechanic of it. Thought that was interesting. Not too not too crazy about trying to find all the pieces of the Triforce. That really tilted me. I'm gonna be honest. That felt like it, that felt more that felt more like a chore than it did actual gameplay. Um, and I don't like games that you have to chore. Like Destiny 2 is a good example where. Each task feels like a chore. It's not as re- yep. it's not rewarding. It's just like okay, you're grinding it out. Well, and it, I love sh- before before you go on. Which version of Wind Waker do you not like collecting the Triforce pieces in? Because you know they changed it for the HD remake on the Wii U. Yes, I think the HD remake's better because it's less. <laughs> okay, um, but I'm I would say the I would say the HD remake. If we're going to get technical, is technically my favorite. Okay. but but the novelty isn't. The same as when I first played it on like the GameCube, you know. Wait, was it? What was it? GameCube? Or yeah, it, yeah, it was GameCube. GameCube. That's, that's what I thought. My, and, it's been so long. And man. actually, technically, so was Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess was GameCube before it was on the Wii. Can I, I give did. a little knowledge bit real quick? Yeah, do it. So, which was first, Twilight Princess or uh, Wind Waker? It's Wind Waker, right? Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker was yeah, released yeah. first, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so here's what happened. So here comes Nintendo Direct. Young Nintendo devs are up top on the stage, and they're, like, releasing. Everyone's so excited. Everyone's holding their breath. The new Zelda game. And then this little cartoon shit walks out, and it's all bright, and he's on a boat that's all actually a man, and it's talking to him, and it's weird, right? And they're like, ugh, what? Yeah, nobody... Everyone then came to fall in love with it, right? Yeah. It came, like, this novelty thing, but then... So that happened. Everyone was mad, but played it and quietly loved it. All right. Yeah. Then next year, they're like, sorry, guys, didn't mean to make a cartoon on you. Let's release Twilight Princess, which is the darkest shit you'll ever see. Yeah. Its themes are dark. Its images are dark. The whole game is just like black and gray and purple. So it was just like a weird time in Nintendo right there where they were like transforming back and forth and then like all the games recently have been super mild. Yeah. Dark themes, but still ch- but still childish at heart. Yeah. What are we talking about? Childish and still... We're talking about Legend of Zelda. Uh. 
yeah, I'll be I'll be honest though. I'll be honest. I I do like I, I was not too I was not a big fan of Twilight of Twilight Princess. I mean it was good, but it for me it was like I didn't have much replay value. But I I do like games of scale. I like having big mountains and these dark these dark themes, and I I dig it. I dig it. Um, I dug it just because I was like, what? Yeah. You're telling me I can swing my Wii remote and it's like the sword I'm using in game. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. I didn't care how bad it controlled. It was amazing. You know, the Wii remote was the whole reason uh, Link was right-handed in that game, right? Yeah. Uh, because um, most people are right-handed. Yeah. Well, in the U.S., they are. Yeah, most people yeah. are right-handed, so they they made Link in the Wii version hold his sword in his right hand because they knew. That was how the people, a uh, majority of them, were going to hold their Wii remote, was in their w- right hand. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but to continue my, I guess, my, my spiel on it, my second favorite is Majora's Mask, which is a little bit unpopular, but I thought I liked the interesting mechanic that they threw in there, which was the time, the time pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm an anxious person, so I hated that. <laughs> See, I, I, I am too, but it... it it gave me more to juggle around. It wasn't just, oh, I can take my time. You had to, it was time management and. Have you been through the fire temple? That's enough to juggle around for two people. Oh yeah. And, and I, and I loved it. I, I absolutely love that feature. A lot of people hate it. Most people I'd, I'd argue probably do not like it. I would have to say. Well, it's gotten but... a big cult following in the past, you know, few. And that one was a, that was a pretty dark themed one too for the, and for most part, I mean, yeah, uh, you've met a terrible fate, haven't you? Yeah, you're basically, yeah, you're cursed here, and um, I and I and I I thought it was awesome. I love the masks. It it just added this this dimension to the game, and I and that's why I like it better than Ocarina of Time. I don't hate Ocarina of Time. Don't get me wrong. I just don't. I just don't care to play it again. <laughs> but I thought Majora's Mask with all the interesting masks, and when you first were able to like. <laughs> When you realize that you could equip these masks and you can accomplish these different puzzles, it wasn't the puzzles were different. They <laughs> became more immersive because you had to say, "Okay, well, this is clearly something I have to use," you know, the Zora mask on or whatever, whatever you had to do. And then towards the end, you had to use different masks mm-hmm. to accomplish in one temple to to get through it. And I just thought it added a good, a nice level of variation to the puzzles and gave them a little bit more thought. Um, and I, I I I dug it. But, um, but if we're talking about breath now, if we bring Breath of the Wild into the, into the mix here, we're bringing that in. I like that a lot. Um, but it was it was it was a bit of a kind of a red light for me because I was worried that Nintendo would do something to screw it up. Because open world games are really easy to screw up. Fallout seventy six. I'm gonna slap that one on there. Um, I know it's a little different, but when you when you give p- players a lot of freedom, you you leave a what I how how do I word this? You can almost leave this. Um, oh look, sorry, I got totally distracted. You can um, no, but as I was saying, a lot of the the shortcomings of like Breath of the Wild and how they um, this is Breath of the Wild did not have the shortcoming, but a lot of those open worlds is they give the illusion that it's open world when it's really not. Um, I think Destiny falls in that category. It feels open world, but it's mm. really not because mm-hmm. you're still doing a, a linear quest line and. There's the only there's no real side quest. It's it's just a linear quest line that you have to f- drive an astronomical distance to, 
1998. Are you talking about Ocarina of Time? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, that game was as open world as you're going to get in 1998. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm ignoring the time. I'm just saying, like, as of today in general. Oh, yeah. Um, Today's standards. That, that is, uh, when you when you have these open, these false open worlds where it seems open world, where you can roam wherever you want, but you still have to go somewhere in specific, That that's a problem. And I think Breath of the Wild did a good job of not jumping on that bandwagon or not jumping yes, on that because there was a bunch of other stuff you could do you know and right. i like i i don't know i genuinely love the hunting mechanic and the and all that stuff i like that a lot but i i i just genuinely enjoyed the adventure the and again i like games of scale and i thought breath of the wild had some great scaling you know stuff like that but i don't really have much more to add my guy you know just it's a good game i enjoyed it it's a phenomenal it's actually a phenomenal game yeah and broke broke the traditional zelda where you know you get the master sword you do temples you win you kill ganon and end of the day it's there's more to it right and i i thoroughly enjoyed that but that's my spiel i will leave i will now pass the baton of moisture the baton of sodden justice uh, nah. to um zach so zach oh. you let, let you take it away my guy Okay, well, my answer is simple because I've only played one Zelda, which was Breath of the Wild, so it has to be my favorite. Um, I watched Wind Waker, that played through whatever when the game goes to it, and it looks cool too. But I never played it myself, so I don't have a true opinion on it. But Breath of the Wild is a really fun game because, like Matt was saying, it's a super open world. You can do literally anything you wanted to do, pretty much. Um, and pace yourself through the storyline without rushing it. But yeah, I don't have any other input because. Of, not too versed in the Zelda universe. Card? Uh, so introduce myself. I'm Aaron. Um, other than I, known as Riots. Um, I got the th gamer tag years ago back in Halo. I like playing with a shotgun. Uh, getting in the middle of everything. Generally causing a riot. So Riots. Um, like playing with wordplay. Card. card is another name I've picked up along the way. But for Legend of Zelda, um, my favorite is Link to the Past. Um, for Super Nintendo. Uh, I beat it when I was like six years old. Uh, and I like it because you can do any of the temples literally in generally any order. There's a few you kind of have to do, but you can bounce around between all of them. The multi-world. And on the Super Nintendo, you had probably 20, 30 hours, 40 hours of game time. And that was a lot for back then. And it's just, and it's aged really well, in my opinion. You can still go pick it up and play it. And even though it's top-down, pixel, it still plays really well. That's what I have. That's that's my opinion on that. And, uh... I respect it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I that I almost forgot about that one, to be honest with you. And Seth was just talking about it the other day. I almost forgot. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot because I prefer games like that to be, you know, top-down. Or I guess, I guess you can – would you argue it's 2.5D? Um, no, it was it, kind of. Well, I'm talking about of. the um, remake because there was a remake. Oh, the remake. Yeah, it's yeah about two and a half D. I really liked it. Um, and then the uh, the successor to it would probably have to be my follow-up favorite. I, that's one of the most recent that I've actually played fully through out of all the handhelds and remakes and stuff. Uh, so, so when you say remake, are you talking about Link's Awakening? Or not Link's Awakening. Um, a Link Between Worlds because that's yes. that's no. that's not like a true remake. It's got its own placement on the the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's timeline. a yeah, it's an actual follow up to the Link to the Past. It's a direct sequel. 
yeah Aww. that's that, that that that's what i meant it's it's, uh, it's similar as far as a lot of the mechanics though yeah yeah i would agree with that it, it, nostalgia the whole time the whole for me right um so if you've ever watched game grumps or sequelitis you will know how aaron feels about ocarina of time and he does not like it and and majora's mask as well he does not like that one either and he has some loved his game and he he has very valid reasons and i reference that a lot because i still like ocarina of time i'm not like him it's not that i dislike it but there are some flaws with those games and they're easy to pick apart and i think a lot of people just look back on those games with rose tinted glasses my favorite in the entire series has to be breath of the wild it's the most innovative out of all the games and it was literally like breathing new life into the series and i just i enjoyed every second i played it but if i had to like give you like a top five I would say it's Breath of the Wild, number one. And then I would actually put A Link Between Worlds at number two. I really like A Link Between Worlds. I just got finished playing it. Like we previously stated, it's a successor. It's a it's it's a sequel in the same timeline as A Link to the Past. In third, I would put Majora's Mask because up until Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild... It was the only Legend of Zelda game that tried to be different. Every other Legend of Zelda game pretty much follows the same standard formula. And Majora's Mask, like Matthew said, it's really fun to go around collecting the mask. And each mask gives you new mechanics and everything. It still has the problems with the 3D environment and the 3D space like Ocarina has. Um, Z-targeting is still an issue. But the mechanics in that game alone... I feel like are enough to save it. And then fourth, as Riots stated earlier, fourth for me would actually be his favorite game. It would be A Link to the Past. And then fifth for me would be Ocarina. So that that's my top five. Breath of the Wild, A Link Between Worlds, Majora's Mask, uh, A Link to the Past, and then Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I, I really... I. I do feel the same way about Majora's Mask, the the Z targeting and all that. It's all the same, but I was I was it was easy for me to forgive it. Yeah, no, way more way more forgivable. What about right, Anthony or Clay? Do we have any other Zelda players? Never. Played. Um, I haven't played too many Zelda games. I've played Wind Waker. I played Breath of the Wild. Um, never finished Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Um, didn't even finish Wind Waker. I don't know. They're all pretty fun. So I don't really, I can't really give an opinion because I never really finished them. <laughs> gotcha. I want to use this time as a kind of a, a good way to transfer over topics and talk about the new game that's coming out that they just announced at Nintendo Direct, which is Link's Awakening. From what I can see and what people are saying, it's a direct remake of the original Game Boy game. Yeah, like the grass is in the same places and everything. My body is ready. I saw it. Like... It reminds me, and it's it's strangely close to the fact that Pokemon just released Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, which is a direct remake of... Oh, okay. 
a nearly direct remake of uh, Yellow Version. Yes. And I think that they saw the success with that and how it can revamp a like a a fan base, right? It takes this nostalgic it takes nostalgic people and it takes new players and kind of brings them together to appreciate a game. So I think that this is going to be a big step up. And then the next game that we see coming out of them is going to be a new storyline, just like Breath of the Wild again. Yeah. I, you know, when you, when you appeal to that kind of nostalgic, you bring in the old audience and you bring in new, new, you bring in younger people who you kind of put the younger people in the old generation's shoes in a way. And um, that is, it's, it's still hard to pull that off. Resident Evil 2, I'm not sure if you guys played it, the remake. It's a phenomenal remake. And it brought me back to when I played it the first time. And it did a phenomenal job. So with that new, with the new Zelda coming out, I'm, I'm, I'm hype. I'm very hyped for it. Right. Yeah, I'm really excited too because I've never actually played Link's Awakening. I might go back and play the original here soon. But right now my hands are kind of tied with um, Triforce Heroes, which was the sequel to... A Link Between Worlds, it comes next in the timeline. So I'm a little tied up with that right now, but I might go back and play Link's Awakening at some point just so I know what I'm in for. But just looking at the announcement that they just made, it looks like we're in for a really good time. Hey, I would hire uh, what is the the Legend Legend of Zelda game for GBA? And like you could play as like the four different colored links. Okay, there's two of those. There's four swords, and then there's four swords adventures. I've got four swords. If you want to play through that, I can try to find it for you. That if you haven't played that one. I have played that one, but I do not have a Game Boy available to play that game. Uh, but, um, but I would, I would like have, to play through that again. I think I have uh, Link's Awakening and my Game Boy, so we can do a yeah, little I trade there. My for Game bit. Boy, and I've got like. The DSs that can play them too. But as someone that just got done playing the original Pokemon games again on the Game Boy, I would highly recommend it because it gives you such a, like, you, you get such an appreciation for where we've come to where we are. And the, we're, we're kind of a weird generation where we grew up where video games were pretty popular, but they were just shit, you know? It's like blobs on a little tiny screen that we had to have lights to see. And somehow they captivated us just as much as Breath of the Wild does now, you know? So I highly recommend going back and playing those and just kind of like doing it start to finish like you were six again, you know? Yeah. Something I would like to ask all of you is, so with Link's Awakening getting a remake, and I know, Morgan, you said after they do this Link's Awakening remake, you think the next game after that will take place in the same vein as breath of the wild do you think we're going to get any more remakes for the legend of zelda series and if so which games would you like to be remade or which games do you think are going to get remade because right now so far you know we've had an hd remaster of uh wind waker and we've had the we're getting the remake of link's awakening and we've had a 3D version of both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. So what game do you think is going to be next to get the, the, the sort of revamp or remake uh, treatment in the, in the timeline? Now, honestly, I hope that none of the games go direct remake again. Because 
honestly, if they were to make a direct remake of like Silver, Gold, and Crystal for Pokemon, I'd be like, come on, I want to play a new game, you know, I'll do something new. Now I'd play it, yeah, but I'm not going to be like head over heels, opening day, got to get my hands on it, excited about it. So what I hope they do is do the same thing that they did with A Link to the Past, where it's not, it's it's a remake, quote unquote, but it's a, it's a sequel. It's a sequel to an old game in a new style. And if I were to pick one game for them to do that to, it would definitely be Wind Waker. Imagine playing a Wind Waker style game on the Switch. That just makes me happy thinking about it. That would be my opinion there. Okay. What what about the rest of you? I'm not qualified to talk about this. <laughs> Damn. I, this is not what I signed up for. What I'll say then is I hope that maybe Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages get maybe a, a remake or a remaster because those are those are pretty fun games and I want to play through them again here soon and I would like them to get the remaster treatment. Maybe not a remake, like you say, but uh, definitely a remaster. I agree. I just don't want to see any other direct remakes. I, they're, they're fun at the time, but if you do too many of them, you lose the... Like, like it's supposed to be special, right? Like, if I want to go back and play Gold Crystal, Gold Crystal and Silver version of Pokemon, I don't want to say, oh, do I play the Nintendo Switch version or the original? No, I want to go back and play the original on well, my Game Boy. They, they already so made remakes of gold and silver they did yeah yeah. Um, well it's just like my example is like yeah i don't want to i don't want to play another remake i want to play a new game right you know or like make it really few and far in between right like like the yellow version and like you said gold and well silver, i think pokemon does do it they spread them out like next we're gonna get the Sinnoh remakes which is what everyone's predicting to be not next year's pokemon game but or i'm sorry this year's pokemon game but the year after that, everyone's, you know, thinking it's going to be a Sinnoh remake. And then we're going to get the Gen 2 Let's Go games. Like, they're just adding another thing to stagger out the releases. Well, yeah. what 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 characters would they use for the Let's Go for Gen 2? Like, Togepi and, I don't know. Just one of, like, the cute baby Pokemon, probably. Gotcha. But definitely yeah. Togepi. Yeah, I think it should just be, that should be like a few and far between like a commodity. I don't want companies to get comfortable with that because then we're all just going to get tired of it. Yeah. In my opinion. Some people might love that, you know? Yeah. I'll I, never get tired of a new Pokemon game. I gotcha. Well, Pokemon's um, an exception for Soul me, Silver but... right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Heart Gold and Soul Silver are oh, like by far like my favorite games to play for as far as the Pokemon series go. I haven't been too into Pokemon, but. You know what I would Soul, like to see? Kind of kind of jumping on a similar point. I would love to see Nintendo release a brand new game that has an iconic character that they develop like they have you got Link, Sonic, all that. I know Sonic's not necessarily Nintendo, but but like an iconic character that is timeless. I would like to see a some something that they could pull together some kind of character that would resonate like quite like You just want characters. a new IP. Yes, exactly. I would love to see that. I would also like to see a Metroid 4, for the love of it, Metroid Prime. Those are one of my favorite 
um, games out there. I love the Metroid Prime series, and I would love to see. And I, I know that they're hinting at a Metroid Prime Four. Well, no, they they already announced it. They already oh, they an- did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at last. La- it was last year's E3. They announced that they were working on it. But I've got some sad news for you there. Yeah. Break so heart, yes, I'm I'm gonna break your heart, Matthew. Unfortunately, this year, like I think back in January, which it's only February. So, uh, but anyway, few weeks back. They released a video that said that, unfortunately, the production of Metroid Prime 4 wasn't the quality they were wanting it to be, and because of that, they were completely starting over. That's not going to break my heart. I would rather them release a good game later. Yeah. And it goes on our, our topic we are talking about at the beginning of the podcast. I would like them, I would rather them take their time and make it good, because Metroid yeah. Prime 3, it was okay. It was an okay Metroid Prime, but they yeah. left out a bunch of the elements from the first and the second one that everybody loved, where you could switch your different beams and it was super fun. They just started combining them, so you would just like evolve your cannon right as you played the game. And I didn't like that. I mean, it was it was okay. I appreciated the them trying to be um, innovative on that. Right. But it, it lost a lot of the Metroid essence where, you know, certain doors would only open up and you'd have to switch out and certain enemies had certain weaknesses to certain ones and stuff like that. Yeah. It it, it missed out on it. It it was it was a miss, at least for me. I'm I'm sure the older generation, people who grew up playing those games would definitely agree. But yeah, I, I would love to. I would, I would rather. That's not what you told me. That information is not going to break my heart at all. Gotcha. I would rather wait. I don't mind waiting for a good game. It's. You know, good good things come to those who wait. Yes. As as they say out here. So I'm going to move us on because it's uh, we're already like an hour and a half in, and we still <laughs> need to talk about the last two topics, and I would like for you guys to be able to get some of your gamer hours in. Being <laughs> um, respectful. The next topic, uh, the next to last topic, topic number three for the episode is... The Nintendo Direct. So, what are your guys' overall opinions of the Nintendo Direct? Super Mario Maker 2. Oh, gosh. Okay, let me tell you why I'm so excited about this. Not only because I want to play it and never had a Wii U, couldn't play the original, but two, if you're familiar with the Game Grumps and Ross O'Donovan, Ross had bet that they were going to release this game, and Aaron had said, no, they're not going to release Mario Maker 2. You're crazy. So, then they made a bet, and Ross said, if they release it, Here's what's going to happen. And Aaron agreed. They're going to employ Ross at Game Grumps for a month for him to build levels for them to play. And if you haven't seen them play Ross's level, Ross is a extreme sadist. Okay? Extreme. <laughs> and just makes the worst levels possible. He's one of those guys. So the game released and Ross tweeted him and I quote, eat a bag of dicks, something like that. And so they're, they've agreed to employ him for a month to build levels and they're going to play it. I'm super excited to watch. I, absol- I absolutely love the Game Grumps um, Mario Maker series. Aaron and Danny being the support, Danny's laugh cures cancer. <laughs> Everybody knows this information. I will shamelessly plug Game Grumps YouTube channel watch it i recommend it especially their mario maker series this will give you a little more insight on why um i'm why one i'm really excited morgan obviously you're excited i would love to hear aaron's beautiful screams of pain and (laughs) and danny laughing in the background because he is loving every second of it i'm looking forward to it i will 
sit on, I will sit in my chair, I will drink wine or whatever I decide to drink, most likely whiskey for those who know me, and I'll have a time. It'll be a beautiful, beautiful experience for everybody. Now, also on Mario Maker 2, if you look at the original Mario Maker art, it's just Mario. If you look at the Mario Maker 2 art, it's Mario and Luigi. So I think it's going to be a co-op game. That's going to add, that's going to add some amazing mechanics having two people in it. I am ready. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing more rage, not just from the game grumps, just from the community in general. And if you, and some of those people who, some of the maps that people create are amazing. And just the thought that they put into them. Honestly, that was the only reason the, the Wii U stayed around for so long is because for those of you that don't know, which if you don't, you've been living under a rock. The Wii U was not that great of a system. <laughs> And the reason it had such hey. a such a long lifespan was one, Super Smash Brothers four, two, Wind Waker HD remake, and three, Super Mario Maker. Now people will still keep their Wii U's around for the Wind Waker HD remake, but other than that, if you're really not into Legend of Zelda, which if you aren't, you're crazy, but if you're not into that that series and your only reasons were Super Smash Brothers and Mario Maker, well, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is out on the Switch now, and pretty much everybody's playing that. They're not playing Smash 4 anymore. And now you're getting Mario Maker 2, so you've got two reasons to throw that piece of crap in the trash can. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Yeah, I, I never played Mario Maker. Um, It's just something that never really interests me. Um. Seth, what? Why you gotta break my heart, man? Oh, so me giving you that sad Metroid Prime Four news didn't break your heart, but me saying I didn't play Mario Maker breaks Actually, your heart. Actually, you giving me that Metroid Prime Four information gave me life because, like Clay was talking about earlier, if you release a good game, I would rather you wait. I am very capable of waiting. You know? Yeah. I will. I will wait for a good game. And I would, I'll be more heartbroken if they released it and it was absolute trash. I would be mad. I would be like, okay, my weight was worth nothing. Cause when was Metroid Prime 3 came out when? Like, I think when I was in middle school, when the Wii, it was when the Wii just was, was kind of just getting some, getting some traction. It definitely had to be in middle school because I remember I stole your save file and tried to pass it off as my own. <laughs> Seth, in, in I eight, forgot about that. In eight, got quiet for a that came out in 2007? What? <laughs> I am old. I am so old. Guys, I'm going to buy a cane and wobble around from now on because I'm old. My, I have a fourth of my foot in the grave right now, and that's being generous. That's implying I live to be that long, right? Uh, the The average... Uh, lifespan for a male in the U.S. is anywhere from seventy-five to eighty years. Uh, you're, that seems high. You're you're twenty you're, you're you're twenty-two right now, so you're you're about a fourth of the way there. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, no. What do you mean that seems? Sorry, the box speaking is cold. What do you mean that seems high? Are you gonna be snorting crack off a hooker's well, ass when you turn fifty <laughs> hey, to die? Hey, well, to be fair, where we live. 
To be fair, where we where we live, most people die at a young age from car accidents. So, uh, oof, man. Uh, big yeah. Big true, unfortunately. Uh, rip our high school. For those yeah. of you that aren't aware, we we all went to high school together. Well, all of us except mm -hmm. for riots. Yeah. Car. Well, yeah, except for card, but um, me, Matthew, Morgan, Zach, Clay, and Anthony all went to high school together. Uh, and some of us even knew each other way back in elementary school. Miss Jennings class, fifth grade. Oh, yeah. Um, Look at us. And the cool kids went to I still remember fourth grade. I asked Nathaniel, hey, who's that short kid? <laughs> that short That's kid. Who was it? it no, was I didn't go to their high elementary school. It was, it was it was Seth. It was me. I was the short kid. <laughs> shortest Man, kid. Clay. Short, shortest kid I in school. Being bullied by Zach all through elementary and middle An school. Anthony's Mainly middle school. Anthony's like, who's that Mainly. short kid? He's probably Jewish, if I had to venture a guess. <laughs> Big trip. Man, that's an old joke right there. We were literally talking about the Facebook page yesterday, the Bring the Fur Back yes, Foundation. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and go on record here, and if you cut this, Seth, I'm going to be really mad. If we can get this podcast to 100 views, Seth will grow back his Jufro. I will not. I absolutely <laughs> will not. <laughs> if, if, we get it, if we get it to, like... 2,000 listens, then maybe. 2,000. No, we need to go ahead and establish this right now. So I'm going to go ahead because I am the harbinger of this curse upon Seth. God. Back in middle school or even high school, I think it was that transitional stage. Um, Seth had a Jufro. Right? It was. He used, to, he, used to have long, he used to have long flat hair and he shaved it off and then it grew back in this Jufro fashion. Yeah. And ever since then, we were like, yo, Seth, you must be Jewish. Or me. Or I don't even know. It might have been me. It's been so long ago. I'm getting old, man. I'm telling you, one foot's in the grave. But so we ever, so everyone started calling him, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just the Jewish, the Jewish man out here. And we made a Facebook page once he, sh then he shaved off his Jufro. We made a Facebook page that was Bring the Throwback Foundation. Yes. And if it got to, was it one, was it 100 likes? No, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was 100. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if it got 100 likes, Seth would grow it back. Well, it never, it obviously never got there because Seth doesn't have a Jufro anymore. Well, I want to go ahead and go on record saying if we can get 2,000 listens, God as our witness at this given time in our lives, Seth will grow it back if this podcast gets 2,000 listens. Yeah, good no. Good luck getting this podcast there. I've only got about 40-something viewers, so... I will pay to boost this post. So just, I will boost this post. Just, I will buy a billboard. Just so you cheap. get 2000 All right, everyone, back on topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to read off the the games that were announced, and I want you guys to butt in when you hear one that you want to talk about, okay? Okay. We've already talked about Super Mario Maker 2. Mm -hmm. We talked about the 3.0 update for Smash. Box Boy and Box Girl. A brand new game with 270 stages, including two-player co-op. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. It's getting new DLC. I have never heard of that, but I want to play it. <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Okay. Um, so I loved Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, but I'm not looking forward to 3 because the art style is just super wacky. I don't like it. It's 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 got a similar art style to that that online Marvel MMO Marvel Heroes, okay. I, I, and I just don't like the art style, so I'm not even going to think about purchasing Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. And all that's right. all I got to say on that. 
I have nothing to give about that game either. I don't really care for it. Okay, we already talked about Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It's a Castlevania-like game, is what it's saying. Ooh, I love, um, I love Castlevania. I do too. Fall in it's it will that's so confusing. It will fall in summer. It's released in summer 2019, so that'll be coming soon. Okay. All right, boys. Here's the big one: Tetris 99. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> if you can't tell, when it comes to Tetris, I take it very seriously. All right. Literally. All right? So I'm looking forward to that one, and I'm not even meaning or out. anything. I'm I, I I don't I don't have a switch or anything to play it on, my guy. But I'll tell you what, I will purchase the proper paraphernalia to play that game. Could use a better word, but yeah, say um my my cop senses are tingling. <laughs> You're like goosebumps in your arm, your hairs are raising. But no, I am very, I I want that game. I just love Tetris. I play it on my phone all the time. I have a problem. <laughs> And that's 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 all that was uh, announced at Nintendo Direct, right? Wait, more Assassin's Creed Three Remastered? Uh, not nope. <laughs> they need to take the Assassin's Creed series. They need to take that howling dog in the moonlight, drag it behind the barn, and just shoot it. Because I'm so <laughs> sick and tired of Assassin's Creed being made. Zach, it's a, do you have something? Odyssey was fucking sorry. amazing. Okay, I I heard Odyssey. So good. Yeah, I heard Odyssey was good. You're, you're muted. But this one went away from the original Assassin's Creed. I love the first two. I would say. I didn't even like. I didn't even one was trash. Yeah, I didn't even like one. I like two. But I like the, like the style of it was more like sneaky, where the ones of the present are just like just take your sword and kill the whole fort. Well, you can play them however you want. No, but I want to be forced to be an assassin. I don't want to be know. given the option to go right. and outright kill them. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and go on record and say something real quick. Oh, gosh. So I was a huge Assassin's Creed fan back in the day. Huge. Yep. Absolutely huge. I even went out of my way to engineer at my own hidden blade that I've made myself. Before. I can attest to that. And it worked. It did. All right? It worked very well. Yep. I, was so, I was so into it. And then they started releasing some soggy games, man. They were real soggy. Not into them. Assassin's Creed and 3. I will say, I will say Odyssey was a very, very good Assassin's Creed. My worry is um, Ubisoft. Is that how you pronounce it? Ubisoft? Yeah. Ubi Ubisoft. Ubi Ubisoft? It's that's Ubisoft. It's, it's Ubi. Ubi? It's, it's, it's Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Well, Ubisoft with Uber their last epic. games, they were smoking an Ubi. I'll tell you that much when they were making <laughs> their games because it wasn't good. Um, but Odyssey was very good. It was a very good one because they kind of they did break the the chain of the you know the old the Assassin's Creed Three Brotherhood Revelation. You know, I didn't. Well, what was the 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 pirate one? What was it called Black Flag? Black Flag. Didn't really dig that one. I did like the water mechanics a lot. The ships were cool. Well, everything the, else was. They're yeah. making an entirely new IP based on the the ship battles from Black Flag. So maybe it'll be good, but I I still stand behind what I said before about them. They just they, they it's gonna take a lot I mean, to. Ubisoft them. admits that you know they rushed them and they were just money grabs, yeah. and that's why they Syndicate. took so long Oof. with Odyssey. So it's gonna take a lot to convince me, man. It's gonna have to blow my socks off clean off you know 
finishing up Fire Emblem Three Houses. I don't know if we have any Fire Emblem fans in here, but I sure don't. Negative. <laughs> no. Hellblade. Sin Sinua's Sacrifice. Oh, it, okay. So they're just making a port of that game. Uh, I've heard really good things about that game. You can play it on Xbox, uh, PC, I think, maybe. And I'm not sure if it's available on PS4. But I've heard super good things about that game. Nice. Well, I have another kind of oddball game to throw out there. It's not Nintendo at all, but I think it's a good talking point still. Especially well, let's a let's lot finish of... up. Let's polish up. Think, keep that. Make a note, okay? All right. I put it, I put it in my back pocket. We're good. All keep right. firing. Deltarune. Which I'm actually excited about. Does anybody know what Deltarune is? No. Negative. It is the Undertale follow-up. Oh, no. Yes. So that should be fun to watch. Uh, the furry kingdom is going to be rising out of there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got Yoshi's Crafted World, which from one I understand it's similar to Kirby Yarn Adventure, which is just adorable. Uh, they've also made, they also made a, another Yoshi game in in the in that yarn type style if you played kirby's yarn adventure or whatever i don't know what it's called but they made a game called yoshi's woolly world and it's yoshi made of yarn and um actually the completionist did a did a review of it and he really liked it um and i'm thinking about picking it up so it's it's basically the same thing as the yarn but it's like more it's not limited to yarn it's yeah. crafted so it's like you just like draw stuff and yeah yeah and then last but not least final fantasy 9 and final fantasy 7 are coming to the switch i've never been a big final fantasy fan yeah it's too much for me uh yeah. are we talking original final fantasy 7 or are they doing the remake for the switch the original okay um yeah i'm not a big final fantasy fan i just wanted to know whether it was going to be the original or the remake yeah, I never really played Final Fantasy. There was nothing Pokemon in the Nintendo Direct, no, so I didn't nothing. care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Matthew, your 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 talking point you wanted to add. All right, this I think we 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 could end on this if we wanted to. Okay. But Halo Infinite. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't really talked about that much. Uh, boo, stop ruining Halo games, boo. I I I didn't want to bring it up because. They haven't released much information about it. Uh, I know, I know, I know. It's not a whole lot, but with the information, like it's going to be made on PC. How about that? Oh, yeah. I don't really have any input that. on that. When you have a lifelong relationship with Xbox, how do you say? Well, I guess you could play it on like Microsoft. Well, that that's well, that's the intention. That, is is yeah. Is I mean, do you remember how popular Halo Online was? For that like yeah. week or for, two, like a week, yeah, like three days. Well, it got shut down, but yeah, like, yeah. All those little look at all of us. We were all those little Halo kids, and look, we've grown up and gotten PCs, just <laughs> like most of the Halo fan base. Except it, for Sam, like, there hasn't been Halo good. Except for Sam, <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been a good Halo game since Reach. And so, I, and Reach was not even their best. No, Halo. Reach was fucking amazing. Don't talk. Uh, when Halo 3 took over, it turned to shit, alright? But Bungie originally put it out, and it was really good. I, ne I never said it was bad. I just said it wasn't as good as the one as 3 or, or 2. I, pref I, I like 2 the best. I'll throw that one out there. If they do it, they need to dedicate a lot of time and money and effort into it, and not just this, like, kind of a project we might know about on the side. My opinion on the Halo multiplayer is, if you want to do custom games, go to Halo 3. 
if you want to do really great online multiplayer, go to Halo Reach. See, but the, that shouldn't be the case. It's, you shouldn't have to keep hopping games to do what you want. You know, I, I, you know how many times we were up way past our bedtime back when we were younger. <laughs> well, and, I didn't. And play we this. were we were playing we were playing these <laughs> fun custom games that you had to glitch to like fuse. Lost on Darkness Fall. Oh, Halo man. Two on Halo Two. The, the the real ones remember. Halo Two on Halo Three. Ghostbusters. I mean, come on. And let's not forget the cult classic Goose Guts. Oh yeah. Goose Guts. <laughs> but like, like having that. Don't you mean smear the queer? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I love that game. That was super fun. Uh, Griff Ball. So well, Griff Ball's in all of them though. So, but Griff Ball was the best in Halo Three. Oh, absolutely. No, no Reach Griff Ball was the best. I was no in the top fifty in the country. You wow. can't debate me on that one. Look at Anthony flexing on everybody right now. Weird oh, flex, but okay. A little context for the Goose Guts thing. Matthew and I made this this map and game type called Goose Guts. And it was it was sort of a playoff of the Halo 2 on Halo 3 and the Duck Hunt game type. Anthony loved Duck Hunt. And then we, we all got together and played Goose Guts. And Anthony just crapped on it the entire time <laughs> but, uh, good time and we kept making changes to it just to just to infuriate anthony it was funny <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it it was that it was that kind of fun you know like everybody got so close to we were all so close knit at that when we were playing halo 3 because we were always up super late doing that kind of like getting together playing custom games for hours i mean it hasn't really been a Halo since three that had a custom game system that was as polished as, as Halo three was. Because Reaches was okay, it was okay, it wasn't f- phenomenal, and it's it just it hasn't really been a good a good one. So I think I re- Reach wasn't the like file share system busted. Yeah, yeah that's what that's why there weren't that's, any good custom yeah. games on Reach. But if they had fixed the file share system, I guarantee you there would have been some amazing custom games on Reach. Because Reach's Forge system took everything about Halo 3's Forge system and made it better. Those yeah. those little nuanced tricks you had to do um, to make objects stay in the air, you didn't have to like pause the game and save it and restart anymore. <laughs> you could just make an object stay in the air. They like completely overhauled the Forge system. And because of that, the Forge in halo reach is way better but because the file share system was busted it just didn't get the you couldn't share games around yeah yeah there was there was no there was no easy way to share games around like slip and slide was the only thing that really busted out and everyone was playing yeah i love slip and slide though that was so fun and matthew had actually made some really cool complex fun maps in forge on reach but like it, it it were it was only custom games that were known to like our little group because like it wasn't allowed to get out there because of the file share system. Mm-hmm. And and a big a big gripe of mine on Reach was I was always a huge fan of the infection game mode, and Reach's was was awkward. It didn't feel right. I don't I don't it just it was it wasn't the same well, to me. There there was normal infection which was fine, but then Alpha Zombies which was trash. Yeah yeah. Just, I I just preferred Halo 3's just general in- infection 
um, game mode. That was fun. But I would like to see Halo Infinite. I, I would love to see it. I'm, I'm not even. I'm okay with adding the sprinting and the boosting and stuff like that. I'm, I'm okay with it. I just, I would just like to see them capture the Halo essence again because they, because three four three, they crapped all over it. Were any of you ever ranked on Halo? No. Which one? Uh, any of them. Any of the Halos? I was ranked on three. Okay. I don't know what? See, I. I know Anthony was ranked uh, for Griffball on four, I'm wanting to say. I don't even remember. If Anthony was top 50, then it was reached because he just he just specified yeah. that. I wasn't ranked for three, but me and somebody else we went to high school with were number one in the world for team doubles whenever Reach first came out. It was like that first week we were we were number one for a solid week and a half. Or something like that. And then, like, we fell off after that. Just because, like, by that point, everybody had gotten the game. And everybody started getting good. And we were we were in we were in high school and couldn't play the game all day. The only game I've ever been number one on was when Mortal Kombat X just came out. And I was number one in the world with, on, with Liu Kang. Oh, my God. I hate for, when you play as Liu Kang. For two weeks. And then I stopped playing. And then I got back on. And I was, like, in the... That was way low. That was that, that. That was it. Yeah. Okay. I think at this point we should move on to our last topic, which Matthew has put in the chat, and that is anthem. Oh, good. Should I take away with my with my biggest complaint? Go ahead. Take it away. The loading screens. The loading screens. It takes three Elaborate. loading screens just to get into the actual gameplay. It's ridiculous. Did you buy the game? Like, have you played the full version? God no. Okay. But even even if I didn't, you you shouldn't you shouldn't give a crappy beta or anything like that. It's absolute trash. You can just well, I that. only played the beta, and the beta was terrible. Um, yeah. yeah. The walking around the city is so slow and uh, takes forever to get anywhere. The story wasn't was not interesting at all. I didn't care about it. Yep. The gunplay was all right. The flying around was was cool, but, but the gunplay still feels felt to me very lackluster. Yeah, there's nothing special about it, and especially coming out of a Bioware game. Like I've always loved Bioware's, um, Bioware's products. Huge fan of the Mass Effect series, one of my favorite series out there. Yeah, and I was, and I had, and a lot of this was I had real high hopes for Anthem because the the trailers looked great. It looked phenomenal. I didn't have you know? high hopes, but well, I, I did. I, 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 they've. I've never really had a bad. They never really left a bad taste in my mouth before. So I could only go off of what I knew at, at the time. I thought Mass Effect Andromeda left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, I, was oh, to say. I did forget about that one. <laughs> I still, I still didn't hate it though. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I, I, okay. Contrary to popular or. This is not a popular belief, but I love Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay, no, I didn't love it. Here, the story to me was super interesting, and they were gonna release story DLC. We were gonna get to figure out uh, where the Corians were and how they were trapped in space and what they were dealing with on their arc, and it was going to be phenomenal. But a bunch of people complaining about bugs ruined that for us. 
And it was, it got to the point where the complaining was so negative. They were sending people death threats. I don't care. I, remember that. I don't care who you are. Just because a game isn't the way you you like it, you shouldn't be sending people death threats. Here's 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 what I'm gonna say about Andromeda. The, well, before you before you get on that, the those people are the reason that a majority of like the government and the news media think that gamers are a violent group of people. And that video games are making people violent. It's those types of things that stereotype us. What you mean? You don't think that video games make people violent? No, I don't. Because I was, I was playing. I was, I was playing. Everyone who thinks that. Right, right. But like, I was playing Grand Theft Auto when I was like four or five years old. Do you see me going around stealing people's cars and shooting people? Well, I mean, my car's missing right now. So what happened? (laughs) <laughs> i'm kidding i still have my car oh you're busted seth uh, confirmed seth stole my car seth just was so jealous of my 2006 red chrysler pt cruiser that he felt obligated to steal it we did nickname that thing the chick magnet no that is absolutely not what the furthest thing from a chick magnet. everybody knows that the pt cruiser's name is sex on wheels oh right anyone, yes no it's anyone the pt who, loser no, no, it's no. sex on wheels, my guy. Matthew's PT Cruiser is sex on wheels, okay? And you need to respect that a little bit. You know, Clay? I'm not <laughs> feeling the respect right now. I drive a Ford. I have no respect. <laughs> um, But, no, I don't think video games are violent. Um, I don't think they make people violent. Well, some video games can be violent, but they don't make people violent. That's the point I was trying to make. People are violent, and they're able to let out these feelings through video games which then perpetuates their internal violence yeah. so the few that do do that are it's on them <laughs> yeah um, they're already violent it's not the game making them violent but uh-uh. i i think you're just Ma- too short but you're just angry mass effect andromeda felt like a it to me it felt like a complete game there were just a lot of bugs in it but how can people be okay with buggy games such as Skyrim and not be okay with buggy games such as Mass Effect Andromeda. Skyrim oh, had Skyrim tons of bugs are fun. Had... the bugs were hilarious, dude. Exactly. Some of them were ridiculous. And they it got so some of the bugs got to a point where it was like you just were sending your friends a bug, like a video of a bug, and it was hilarious. Mass right. Effect, their bugs were annoying. There's a difference. Yeah, I don't know the the, time... the the facial animation bugs. Those were hilarious. Oh yeah, of course. My but face is off. tired. Wait, that that, that that was one of the that was one of the. Never mind. It was it, it was it was a it was a piece of dialogue within the game. Like when you when you first meet one of the one of the people on the uh, the arc or whatever, or not the arc, but the big giant thing you go to. Like the the director there or whatever, I don't remember her name, but one of her lines was "My face is tired," and like her facial animations for that line were just hilarious. I don't remember that, but I w- I want to I really want to look it up after. Y- this. Yeah, after this, just look up Mass Effect Andromeda. My face is tired. I wonder uh, what the first result is if if I type that in this into a search bar. Anyway, no, there were some game breaking glitches. <laughs> it's in... the first. It's one of the first results. <laughs> Post it in chat. so um the thing is is skyrim 
it's not that there weren't any game-breaking glitches, because there were. It's just people quickly sped around how to avoid them. And the rest of the glitches in Skyrim were funny, but I would argue they still take you out of the environment and out of the atmosphere. Like, there was some bad animation in Skyrim. Like, people's heads would turn upside down or do a complete 360. Like, how is that any different than what was going on in Mass Effect Andromeda? Okay, but a company like Bethesda can get praised for their hilarious glitches, and Bioware gets just completely crapped on. Because it's Bethesda, they can never do anything wrong. Uh, Fallout 76. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was a complete joke. Um, <laughs> a lot of the bugs, though, in, in the Elder Scrolls games or any most of Bethesda's games, they didn't break the game, though. So they were forgivable because it was funny. I think with Bethesda, the, all the bugs have just, they're just a meme. Yeah, yeah, they embrace it. Okay, all right. We got to get back on, on, on subject here. Uh, Anthem. Uh, what I will say about that is, is I didn't play the beta. Um, so I don't know if the story is uninteresting. Like Anthony said, it might just be uninteresting to him. I don't know. What I do know is one of the major complaints was server issues. Let me tell you why this is okay. So Anthem is a triple A game, which means to make improvements, they need money. That company does not get the money from the pre-orders until the actual launch date. Pre-order money goes to the, the the retailer you buy it through gets a cut if you buy it from GameStop or something. And GameStop then, who buys things from GameStop anymore? And then the rest of that money goes to the uh, platform in which you're going to play it on, and they hold it in an account until release day and then they release those funds to the publisher and then the publisher gets their cut and then they release those funds to the developer okay so it's this long lengthy process before the developer gets any money okay on a triple a game like that the developers if they don't get any money from the publisher beforehand they can only have enough money to buy so many servers. And because of that, there were issues where the, where the servers crashed because there were so many people trying to play it. They did not have enough power able to hold, you know, the capacity that they got. And that's the reason why you have server issues in a beta. Okay. Um, now, Ignore now, we're, when Morgan was talking about there was only one server crash in Apex Legends, the reason there was only one server crash in Apex Legends is because, like I said, the people that developed Apex Legends went to the publisher, EA, and told them beforehand, you're just going to have to trust us. And I guarantee you EA gave them money for server space, and right now they're operating probably at a loss before they actually make any profit. And that is how those free-to-play games often work, is they release for free, and at first they operate at a loss because they have to pay the people who developed it, and they don't get the money until, you know, people start purchasing loot boxes and things like that. All right? Now, 
That's why the servers on Apex Legends were better than, say, Anthem. Also, the issue. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Also, um, I just wanted to address something that was talked about earlier with with consoles. You were talking about console exclusivity and how that was bad for the gaming industry in general. Now, the reason PlayStation Four has exclusivity for Black Ops or whatever, and they have exclusivity for some games. I guarantee you is because here here's what's happening. Oh, it's money, 100%. Well, it, yes, it is money. But you want to know why they need that money? It's because just like with the whole server thing, consoles the 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 consoles, the console business is not a profitable business. Every console known in existence has operated at a loss for the first few years almost sometimes even up to half their lifespan are operating at a loss and playstation selling it for only what was it 299 300 bucks at launch playstation i couldn't tell you yeah them selling it for that low of a price they were probably at a definite loss so to so you're saying the the console manufacturers are at the loss there Yes, console then, manufacturers. That makes sense then. Then why would they pay for exclusivity? They pay for exclusivity because they know if they get exclusive stuff, then their fan base is going to be like, "Oh yeah, we get exclusive stuff. Let's purchase into this." Not it's really. kind of a it's kind okay. of a double edged sword though, because then you don't have as many people playing. But it, it it's 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 not it it may not seem logical to you, but that's just how things have always been. consoles consoles have always operated at a loss and then they have to try and regain the finances that they lost um which is why people were pitching a fit when the xbox one was first announced because it was going to be like what 600 bucks originally 500 500 okay you want to know why it was that high it was because microsoft didn't want to operate at such a high loss right off the bat. So in my oh, like, kind of, loss. Oh, sorry. Okay. I say what I'm hearing here is that the games need to stop buying into this bullcrap. Yeah. Just PC game. PC That basically just shows the devs and publishing companies are just greedy because it it doesn't matter to them. Because I guarantee you, if uh, the exclusivity I can't even freaking say it was cut with Call of Duty. They're not gonna like it's probably gonna put a dent in their budget or how much they make because of like supply drops and stuff like that. They make so much freaking money already, right? But what I'm saying is, is the 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 higher loss your console runs at, the more exclusive deals you have to try and get, and the more exclusive rights to specific games you have to try and make sure some games are um, only for your console. So that way you can try and, uh, that way you can try and regain some of the finances you spent making and manufacturing hundreds of systems with somewhat decent hardware. It just turns me off the games. Yeah. No, like really total, total game exclusivity. It doesn't bother me as much, but it's like the games that are available on every console, but 30 days early, the place, oh, yeah. all the DLC. That's, yeah, that's oh, a real, that's a real shop. Yeah. Um and that that it's a strategic move on PlayStation's part, but it's not like it's not like PlayStation's the bad guy here. EA or not EA. 
Activision EA is always the bad guy. Activision, that's that's Call of Duty, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 A- Activision is the bad guy here for accepting money from PlayStation to give them exclusive rights to DLC 30 days early. And I get that, yes, it's a crappy situation, but PlayStation is only doing it so they can recuperate some of their money and not be at a loss anymore. So PlayStation's doing what they're having to do. And if it wasn't going to be Call of Duty, it was going to be some other game. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, no matter how you justify it, I still see it as just stupid and scummy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pull back on topic real quick. You were talking about server issues. That is not all that was wrong with Anthem. Oh no, no, no. I was just addressing I was just I was just addressing one of the major issues. Yeah, the server the the, me the biggest kill was the loading screens, dude. I mean I played Sonic 06. I know loading screens. (laughs) Anyone's played Sonic 06 for the Xbox 360, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Loading screen every time and it just kills the immersion. It totally kills the game. And when you have to, you have to lo- have to load in. You have to load into the city, and then there's loading screen for when you load into your mech. Then there's loading screen to load into the world. It's it's just ridiculous. My yeah. thoughts on the anthem are just like pretty basic. If I wanted to play Destiny again, I'd go play Destiny. <laughs> Big true. Because I watched gameplay for a couple hours the day that it, what all the streamers are playing, yeah. and it's Destiny with different movement abilities. Yeah, and I that was what turned me off from wanting to play the beta in the first place is it looked too much like Destiny, and um, anybody that knows me knows I don't like Destiny 1 or 2. It, it just, I don't like it. I don't like having to grind for a bunch of stuff. Grindy games are not my thing, so. I don't mind a good shooting loot and like that. Like Borderlands, I think, is a phenomenal example of good shooting That's loot. That's totally different, though. Oh, but that but Destiny was all these little fun nuances, right? But Destiny yeah, but, is just a serious shooting loop. But Destiny, I mean, I'm not not ignoring like the story and all that. But as far as like you know, you you try to kill, you you, you kill enemies to get better loot and stuff like that. I dig those games, but Destiny their loot system was just bad, and I didn't enjoy that at all. And that's one of the things I I love. I love a shooting loot game. So I was when Destiny was first revealed it seemed so cool and then it was very lackluster yeah but yeah uh anybody have any other uh opinions on anthem all i can think about is playing apex (laughs) yeah gamer hours all right yeah it's almost nine o'clock so i think i'm gonna cut it here uh i want wait give me one second i want to give a brief announcement for our sponsor water it's the same moist taste with zero with zero the calories. <laughs> you just use the N word. I'm actually upset with you. What? You don't like you, you don't like our Clay's dissing our sponsor. No, it's I'm water. dissing your use of the M word. Where did you hear the N word? M. The M. M is in man. Oh. M is in moist. Oh. Yes. Our sponsor is brought to you by water. The same moist flavor for with zero the calories. I- I'm sorry. What was the sponsor? Water. The same moist flavor with water. zero the calories. <laughs> is it water or water? water. Oh, man. This is, not, this is not getting cut, is it? Water. No, this is not <laughs> getting cut. I absolutely hate everything. <laughs> I don't like things anymore. I'm done. Uh, so, yeah, Matthew. Um, for it? Matthew has some little... Uh, well, because you lived in Pennsylvania for a little while, and, and most of your family's from yeah. there, so you, you say water. 
Mom, Dad, why do you guys give me stupid accent? I'm moving out. I'm an orphan. Uh, also, hey Matthew, can you say crayon? Crown? What? <laughs> guys, you know I've had a long day. Okay. We'll this go is, get some water. Is- and got the nerd and and roast Matthew for things he can't control. I mean, it's turned into that. I'm, you know, no, I'm okay I, that. I just I just wanted to introduce a little a little fun element into it because uh, we had taken a lot of these topics very seriously, and uh, I just wanted to show everyone our personalities. Uh, no, where that is no. This is this has turned into something bigger than all of us now. You we, know that, right? We hey, water boy, be quiet. Hey. hey. <laughs> Listen, okay. we we rib on each other all the time, okay? It's not it's not it's not just us poking fun at Matt. We poke fun at each other all the time. Yeah, like Seth's Jewish. I'm not, but okay. <laughs> that might be borderline. The fact racist, that you think okay. that's a poke is a racist thing. <laughs> it's not a poke. Like, it's, yeah, it's facts. Well, you're Jewish. No, I I honestly one Christmas I thought about getting Seth an, an engraved yarmulke. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> But I couldn't find anyone oh that that. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you engrave a yarmulke? Like, like you like stitch it, like you get it embroidered. Well, well, that's not an engraving. Okay, tomato, tomato. Okay, <laughs> this is about you. You mean water, water, water? Water, water. Okay. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I'm done. I'm I'm done. All right, <laughs> All right. guys. I am going to cry very loudly. I'm not suffering in silence. I'm going to suffer extremely loud. I'm dragging all you guys down with me. Anyway, um, dragging us under water. No. You guys want to settle this? Over, you guys want to settle this over Tetris 99? I swear. No, Kirby Battle Royale. Okay, take me on. Get your DSL. Uh, no, we're doing the OG version. We, 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 games. we all oh, pick gosh. on each other all the time. Okay, they pick on me sometimes. We pick on Matthew for how he says things. A lot of times. Uh, Clay <sighs> gets picked on a lot because he's Clay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and and Calio, you know, because she's a woman. That's true. <laughs> and a cop. No yeah. one picks on Zach. No one's uh, yeah. brave enough to pick on Zach. <laughs> I, I don't rude. think I don't think it's that no one's brave enough. I think it's just because Zach is so quiet. You sort of forget he's there sometimes. That's, that's my exact plan. No, it's not. I'm okay with it. It's perfect. Gotta, Zach, you're the kind of guy. That waits, analyzes, and then pounces as soon as you see a vulnerable. A vulnerable oh yeah, 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 that's what you do. You'll, you'll hear, you'll, like, you'll have the perfect opportunity, like, and then you'll just destroy somebody. In middle school, it was my neck that got destroyed. Did, did Zach he... used to sit behind me in middle school, and like whenever, uh, who was it? What was her name? Miss Webster would turn yeah. around. It, you would just hear this whack of him just <laughs> smacking me on the neck, and she'd never yell at him for it. It was, it was amazing. She was like, "Man, I wish I could smack that kid on the neck too." <laughs> I mean, we could we we could bring up Spanish class with him, Miss Wilson. Too. Seth. Oh no, please don't. Anger on uh, Kevin, Zach. Honestly. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Did anybody have Spanish with us? I think it was just us. It, it no, was. I think. Oh, I had Spanish with you. Or wait, uh, for Spanish one? No. Oh, I no. Spanish three. No. No, dude. No. I'll tell you the amount of torture I subjected Seth to in that class was yeah. it was that. you it was you and tyler <laughs> so oh, if, no. if you guys didn't know so what, what we would do seth sat in front of me which was his first mistake <laughs> and he sat in the very front of the of the of the row right 
So I'd put yeah. my foot on the basket of the desk. I'd lift my hand up in the air with one finger pointed, and then I'd point it forward and then shout, away, and push him into the middle of the classroom. <laughs> over and over again. Oh, man. He got so mad. All right. So not only did Matthew do that, but eventually he got Tyler to join in, and Tyler sat diagonal from me. And so Matthew would push me forward and Tyler, you know, Tyler's pretty tall, so he has long legs and he would push me diagonal. So he would be in an awkward spot in the middle of the classroom. And I remember one day, you better better end this before we just start ranting about. uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to end this. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll save these stories for a impromptu, just a casual conversation podcast, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. It's up to Seth. It's it's his podcast. You should just yeah. have a podcast dedicated to high school stories because we could fill that up instantly. Yeah, I mean, and this doesn't necessarily have to be just gamer stuff. Um, that's just what I used to talk about. But like, I mean, this can just be like, just like us every day sort of thing. Like, you know, whatever we can talk about whatever on here. It doesn't have to be just video games. It can be movies or whatever. I don't. I don't care. So the sweet life of nerd and the sweet life of nerd and girth. Please okay. let that be a thing. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing title. I mean, no. I'm, I am totally involved in this. Okay. You need, who wants to, who wants to develop that logo? Once, okay. Once Seth gets his PC though, we all got to bring him into every major popular game and then just yeah. like do an intro, you know, that'd be fun. Yeah. Seth, I really, Probably I really want fire. you to get a, a, a gaming PC. Because it hurts. We've got one for you. One day, one day, I'll eventually get one. I I need to save up some money. But anyway, um, yeah, I want to thank everybody that uh, first, I want to thank you guys for sitting down and helping me make this. And uh, secondly, I want to thank everybody who is listening right now. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys are down for it, but I'd like to make this maybe like an every other week thing. Not too time-consuming, but still a regular, you know, release sort of interval. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. My schedule's pretty clear in the afternoons and on weekends. Right. So, you know, really no time constraints for me. I just can't, obviously can't do it between 7 and 4. Right. But, yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to try and make this, or I'm going to try and make this an every other week thing. A few of the people that were talking uh, here tonight may or not be here all the time because uh, work schedules are always different sometimes things don't line up but it would it would be a similar cast of characters almost uh, every time and um, I'm available on almost every platform I'm available on 10 platforms and mm. the the major ones I get published on Google Play Music I get published on iTunes and I get published on Spotify. Uh, those are the big three, but I, I I get published on almost everything because I use this neat little app called Anchor, and it allows me to get published on so many platforms. But a way you can help, you know, sort of support us would be by going and supporting this podcast. You can support this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash the nerd slash support anchor has their own sort of uh, support system now i'm not going through patreon 
and you've got three options there. You can donate a dollar a month, uh, $5 a month, or $10 a month. And um, we'd really appreciate it if you'd go and support. To let you go here, I'm going to let these guys give their little plugins because they all stream. And I want you guys to go and support them as well. So everybody, if you will, go ahead and plug yourself shamelessly. Well, uh, I don't first. Matt, go first. Thanks, guys. All right, Morgan, you go. Uh, my stream is Kalio. That's K-A-H-L-I-E-O at Twitch TV. So uh, okay. yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I stream pretty sporadically. I can't Anybody stream because my internet's really bad, but I do intend on it. So you can go ahead and get a some juicy foreplay if you want at the Confused Amish with no spaces at um, Twitch TV. Anybody else other than me? Twitch okay, TV. Well. Slash V E G P O O T and never stream. <laughs> just follow him, just cuz. <laughs> and then uh, twitch.tv backslash Wolfster with three R's because one R was taken on everything and also two R's was also taken. <laughs> so we had to go to three. But also on Twitter and uh, YouTube, should definitely sub. I'm about to hit 6K. All right. And uh, that's the end of all the shameless plugging. Again, thank you guys for helping me. And. Uh, we hope you tune in to the next episode of the Nerd in the Noise podcast.